Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. We have ripped another month off the calendar. It is now into August, and it is hard to believe that just in a couple weeks, everybody's going to be flocking to North Dakota for that early season honker hunting. It seems entirely too early to me, but whatever. Teach their own. Either way, better days are ahead. Best time of the year is right around the corner. This podcast is brought to you by the one and only Double T British Kennels. If you're looking for that new hunting dog for this coming season, it is not too late. Get a hold of them over at Double T British Kennels. They have puppies, started and finished gun dogs, top British and Irish field trial lines. All the dogs are working dogs that work in the waterfowl and upland fields. So if you're looking for a versatile dog, nowhere to look other than Double T British Kennels. They've got incredible dogs over there at Double T British Kennels, so go check them out. They're on Instagram. Also, we're brought to you by Gundog Outdoors. Mr. Alex Langbell has spent a lifetime uh, being a first responder, and he has taken everything that he learned in his past career and applied it into gun dogs. He's keeping gun dogs safe all up and down the flyways. He's got a field trauma kit that I think everybody needs. Put it in your car. It's light. It's packable. It's small, but it's packed with good stuff in case you ever find yourself in an emergency. Um, they've also got the quick release system, which I am a big, big fan of. No matter how highly trained your dog is, click them into that quick release system and then you don't have to worry about them. You know, a couple steps here and there. And then before you know it, you got a dog that's out in the kill hole and that is no good for anybody. So check them out. Gundog Outdoors. They've also got uh, check cords that Alec, Alex makes and uh, water bowls, leashes, collars, all sorts of good stuff. Gundog Outdoors. Also, we're brought to you by Shin Gear Waders. Built better is their motto, and I tell you what, they have knocked it out of the park. They have the best waders that are on the market, bar none. It's not even close anymore. The boots are a dream to walk in. The material is tough. It's durable, but it's also breathable and flexible. So when you're out there walking on those early cold mornings, you stay warm, you stay dry, and they've got a guarantee that they will stand behind their product as long as you stand in them. So try them out. And if you have any problems, you just send them back to them. They fix it. They ship it right back out to you in a timely manner. So you're not having to buy two sets of waders for one season. And they have the best vest in the market. They do. They do. They've got a lot of new uh, new equipment up top. They've got a new vest. They've got the, the 60 series that you can wear every day. They've got an over-under. It's a jacket that, that fits nice uh, under your waders so that you're not adding a whole bunch of bulk uh, whenever you're hunting, uh, hunting in their waders. So... Good stuff over there from Shin Gear. Check them out at shingear.com and uh, go ahead and get some stuff ordered headed your way. We're also brought to you by Pacific Calls. My new favorite goose call is the BA Lesser Call. It is a screamer. It is light. It is small. It is fast. And it is loud. I like it a lot. It is incredibly goosey. A good low end on it for, for it being a smaller, uh, shorter call. It's got a hell of a bottom, but you can really rip on it. They've also retooled their speckle belly call. It is the big bore. It's got a BBS spec call is what it is. It's got a bigger bore, easier to blow. The best spec call on the market just got a little bit better. So go check them out at PacificCustomCalls.com. They're also on Instagram. They've got a cool YouTube series. You can go check them out. They got a lot of cool stuff going on up there. PacificCustomCalls.com. And we're also brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries. It is time that you start building that spread of your dreams. August is upon us. It is spread building month. Get you 5, 10, 15, 100 dozen uh, Dive Bomb silhouettes. Get the bags, of course. That way your trailer stays nice and tidy throughout the season. And you will not regret it. It is, uh, it is time you get on the silhouette bandwagon if you have not already. 
And if you're already on the Silhouette bandwagon, well, it's time you order a little bit more. Uh, the bags are incredible. They've also got a kickback system where if you want to uh, lay in the socks, you can lay out there comfortably now. And don't forget about the socks. They've got the, the technology that they use. They've changed the game. Got a spine in it so that you don't have a limp noodle out there on no wind days. Pops up and then it pops down nice and neat, packs up. It's the way to go. Divebombindustries.com, one-stop shop. Also, we are brought to you by the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. New daddy up there. Yeah. Logan Pyatt. Congratulations. Congratulations. Logan Pyatt, new papa. And um, they they are out of the cheek beater studio and onto the train station. Logan figured it was time to grow up and, you know, quit doing it his in his basement. life will never be the same. Quit, quit doing the podcast in his basement. They're great guys. They're hilarious. Uh, I really enjoy them. You can check them out on Patreon. Go to patreon.com. Type in the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast, and there you go. You can sign up for whatever membership uh, you feel appropriate, and then you can get all of the new episodes that they release. Great guys. They're hilarious. And the bourbon review is worth the price of entry. Also, we're brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. They're on a different level than everyone else is. They are. If you want to know what the ammunition business is going to do next year, just look at what Boss is doing this year. Copper-plated bismuth. It hits so freaking hard. It's lethal. It's effective. And the the people at Boss are on another level. They're great. Brandon, Zach, Lee, you can call Boss and you can talk to one of the big dogs. I can't even tell if you call any of these other big ammunition factories. Good luck talking to the owner. Uh, they're at all the hunting shows. They're great to talk to. They're very knowledgeable. And their product is all made in America. And it is fantastic. It's all that I shoot. And I believe that's all anybody should shoot. Two and three quarter, three five blend. And let me tell you, you cannot go wrong with that. BossShotShells.com. Call them up. Get all your ammunition delivered right to you. Make your UPS guy hate you for having to carry cases and cases of Boss Shot Shells to your door. But So go check them out at BossShotShells.com. Also, we're brought to you by Lucky Duck, the leader in spinners. Spinning wing decoys, uh, listen, you need them. You're going to love them. It's, it's what you need whenever you're field duck hunting, for sure. You need spinners, and you need several of them. They've also got one of the best blinds that's on the market, the Lucky Duck 2x4 blind, and it is one of a kind. It's durable, and it holds grass well. It's what we hunt out of every single day out here. So go check them out, luckyduck.com. Also, dove season's right upon us, so if you're needing a dove spinner, they've those got are, Those are difference makers. Those. Big time. The, the dove decoys will make or break you. I'm telling you right now, if you want to have a really good dove hunt, have the birds come to you and decoy in, it's just like teal hunting. <clears throat> don't 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 be afraid to try it. It is the way to go. Uh, also, we're brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee. It's how we start our day out here at the Big Hunker Lodge every single day, the Missouri Boat Ride Blend, and I like to throw in a little bit of high velocity, get that little extra kick, get my day going on the right foot. Dirty Duck Coffee, you can order it. DirtyDuckCoffee.com, and it'll come straight to your door. I always try to get the big bags. Big bags, that way it lasts a little bit longer. Good stuff, and I, I highly recommend it for all of you coffee connoisseurs out there. Cannot go wrong. They've also got incredible merchandise, good-looking T-shirts, so you can't, you can't go wrong Look, rolling up in a Dirty Duck Coffee T-shirt for your hunt. So check them out, DirtyDuckCoffee.com. Also, we're brought to you by Alpha Outdoor Specialties, maker of the Stanfield Stool. They are a machine fabrication plant. You give them an idea, and they can rock and roll with it. That's how the Stanfield Stool came up. It's what we're going to be sitting on out here 
every day in our Lucky Duck 2x4s. Low profile, but it's also very, very sturdy. Very comfortable. Backrest. be looking for the blind caddy. I think that's still in the works with Alpha Outdoor Specialties. I'll let them explain it whenever it gets released, but it will be nice for people that hunt out of A-frames. Um, but yeah, if you've got an idea on something you want uh, mocked up, fabricated, look them up, Alpha Outdoor Specialties. They're on Instagram, and they just got back from the Delta Waterfowl Convention. So hopefully some of you stopped in and said hello, but they can build whatever you're looking for. Uh, we are also brought to you by Bangtail Whiskey. Oh my goodness, the whiskey sour that you can get out of that is just un- otherworldly. It is 90 proof. 45% alcohol by volume. This is not for the faint of heart. Bangtail embodies the select few who believe in hard work and relish in the opportunity to step back to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Whether relaxing for a midweek swaller or communing on the weekend with quality people, Bangtail is sure to provide a truly unique and tasteful experience. Time and time again, with deep southern roots, Bangtail provides a first-class handcrafted whiskey experience. Pour a jigger of Bangtail and enjoy. Must be 21 years or older. Also, we're brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. For 85 years, Ducks Unlimited has been putting ducks back into the sky for us duck hunters, ducks and geese. Uh, we also learned on our podcast that we have a Mr. Schusler that 80, 80 to 85 cents out of every dollar that you spend with Ducks Unlimited gets put back into duck habitat so that we can uh, have better hunting up and down the flyways. They do incredible work. Uh, I, I, I beg you. Spend a little bit of money with people that have our best interests at heart. Ducks Unlimited is that organization. Check them out at ducksunlimited.com. Become a member, spend a little bit of money, and help us preserve our flyways. Without Ducks Unlimited, we wouldn't have ducks still. No. They we, saved the ducks. We'd have lost them about 50 years ago. So yep. they do incredible work. They're incredibly smart about what they do, and they're very, very efficient with the money that we send them. So great organization at Ducks Unlimited. Last but not least, we are brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Dove season will be here before we know it. We're getting the lodge in order right now. Uh, do we have any dove dates, Jeff? I have very few dove dates left. i got a couple of weekdays, but you got to have a private party of 20 or more to do, and that's all we have left for dove dates. I've got a little bit of November left. I've got the Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday before Thanksgiving, which is a great Ooh, time to boy, hunt. that is a good time. And I do have that available as of right now. I've got a guy who just gave the, message, the, the dates too, so that may be gone in the next five minutes. But Uh-oh. anyways, that's what we got left. Check us out at stanfieldhunting.com or call us at 940-658-3172. And yes, Jeff does answer the phone. Go check out our our YouTube series, The First Family of Waterfowl, four-part series and it has been incredibly positive response to our youtube series first family of waterfowl on the big honker podcast youtube channel uh we hope that you would go check it out next year we're we're going to expand the episode count expand to 11 12 maybe 10 maybe i don't know somewhere in that little sweet spot but uh we've learned a lot it's been a lot of fun we hope that you would go check it out the first family of waterfowl big honker podcast youtube channel all right, boys and girls, this episode of the podcast, we are joined by Dirk and the man Lee from Boss Shot Shells. Mr. Lee chose Dirk Sorrells. Uh, they're up on Lee's Island up there in the great state of Minnesota. We got Game Fair coming up this weekend, so we get them on, talk a little bit about Game Fair last weekend and uh, what, they're, what they got planned for the second weekend of Game Fair. We will be up there also, so we hope to see everybody Come by the boss booth. We'll be bouncing around between boss, Pacific, gun dog, dive bomb. We'll be everywhere. Come see us. Shake our hand. We'd love to talk to you guys. So 
Without further ado, here they are, Lee and Dirk. Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast, brought to you by them evil geniuses at Boss Shot Shells. I'm Jeff Stanfield with the world-famous Andy Shaver. The evil empire, we like to call it. Just making waves, and uh, we've got the man that uh, is doing it, Mr. Lee Chose and Dirk, on the line with us today. We're uh, we're looking at week two of Game Fair coming up, so uh, we figured we'd have you guys on. Fantastic. Good morning. We're excited. Glad to be on. Always happy to be on. We're excited to have you. Uh, so, Game Fair last weekend, we heard it was just ridiculous. Great turnout. Everybody's fired yeah. up, ready to rock and roll. Yes, fire. It was. Saturday. Well, Saturday, at like the first time I ever remember them canceling a few hours, but we had some heavy, heavy rain on Friday morning, and Chuck just made the – Chuck Delaney, he's the guy that owns it, and he made a call to cancel it or po- – not cancel it, postpone it till noon. So we kind of thought maybe it would be maybe slower that afternoon, but right when they opened the gates at noon on Friday, it was on fire and Saturday was the best I'd seen it probably in 10 years. And yeah, I think people are, I think they're ready to go this year for sure. Hey Lee, real quick, those glasses in front of you, if you'll move them, I think the camera's focusing on them. What's wrong? It didn't make a difference. I thought it was going to open it, open it up a little bit there. Yeah, there, there we go. go. That's perfect. That's a lot better. It was, fo- it was focusing on the glasses a lot. Look at Jeff making a technical decision. That, that's just, that's savviness. That's savviness, but Jared, Jeff. I have so many skills. Let me tell you something. After I sat down at Squad Fest in the boss booth and was selling shells, they had to go buy a new bus, the Jeff Stanfield Express. That's how good a salesman I was for them. I'm a, I have a lot of different coats I wear, so there you go, Andy. So, uh, a buddy of mine told me it was as busy at Game Fair as he's ever seen it. It was busy. It was. Yep, yep. for sure. Saturday was like I say, and I asked a few other people that had been there a, a lot, and I asked them what they thought, and a couple of them said, oh, yeah, for sure, the best it's been in 10 years, and Jeff Boyles is there, and, of course, back in the day before he had his trouble there, I mean, he owned that show, and I asked him how it was going for him, and he said it was fantastic again. So that's really, really good to hear. What do you think is driving all this? Do you think people are just? Do you think COVID is like finally behind us? Like because they had it last year, didn't they? Yeah, but I think that I think all the social and political pressure that we went through for the last few years, people are either it's either dying or they're it's. Be- becoming apathy like you know you hear about monkeypox or whatever that thing is you know and you're like yeah fuck whatever dude we're we're going hunting yeah that's what i think it is too people have had enough i I saw i read an article yesterday that was a lady who's a kindergarten teacher in chicago one of the big blue states and she had kindergarten kids coming in 
Zero mm-hmm. social skills. They hadn't been around people for two, two and a half years. Right. And, and that's hard to believe a kid that age has got 20 to 50% of their life. They haven't been around anybody else. Mm-hmm. That's and, tough on developmental. Oh, developmental. Big time. Okay, Dirk, I got a question for you. Since you're my yeah. favorite, you're my favorite tattoo artist in the world. And it's not even a tattoo question. All right, Jeff. How was, how was, uh, how was Sturgis? Oh, you know what? That place is awesome. For one, um, South Dakota, Western South Dakota is gorgeous. It's absolutely one of the most beautiful pieces of land I've seen in these 50 states. And that shocked me. Lots of people, lots of bikes. Um, I don't think I made it into the place where all the wild stuff happens, but it's as American as it's ever been. And, uh, what a cool experience for sure. I, I'm like you. The first time I went to, uh, the Badlands area, I was shocked. Cause every time I'd been through South Dakota, it was nothing but sunflowers and sons of a bitches as my dad used to say. And that was it. And when I got, when I got over there, it is absolutely beautiful. Oh, unbelievable. Oh. Sunflower so, yeah, sons of bitches. A great uh experience and first year for the um gun fest. So I think it was a success all the way around. Did you meet a lot of new hunters there? Uh I would say no. No, I wouldn't say that, but I would say that Gunfest is a great idea. And it's the first year and you kind of get out there and everybody sees like, okay, this is what we have to do next year and the year after that. And I think it's going to be a spectacular event. It just needs, Gunfest needs to be a destination before people leave and get there. And it will be. It's a really cool event. Now, did you get to visit with the most beautiful governor in the United States while y'all were there? Yes, I did. Well, she's a good looking lady. We talked, we tried to hook up a couple times, and by the way, I, I'll show you a text message from Christy on, like, somebody's supposed to be reaching out in regards to your podcast to get her on that, so. Well, that'll be beautiful. Well, good. We look we look forward to having her on. What, uh, yeah. so, yeah. so you're up at. They are right now, because they're all campaigning, right? Right. Yeah. Well, did you see Liz Cheney backed out of the race in uh, Wyoming? Well, she didn't back out. She conceded, conceded because she was getting. She got her ass whooped. Yeah, but I, I did see where Fox News called that she did win Arizona. Liz Cheney? It was a joke, Andy. They were. <laughs> it was a joke. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah, good I saw that. Yeah. No, that was. We had a blast last week. And, you know, you we've talked about music too before, haven't we? Yeah, yeah lots. a lot. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, and I, I actually think talked about who my favorite band ever was back in the day when when i'd go see live music and leonard skinner was my favorite live band ever right right and post after the crash october 20th and 77 prior to that i'd seen them four times live after that i've not only not seen them i really don't even listen to them any because it bummed me out and I would just, like, people would say, hey, you want to go see Skinner? And I'm like, no, I don't. I have no interest in seeing him. And they're like, why? I said, well, because it's just a, it's like a cheap cover band of what they used to be. And no, I don't want to see that. Well, we're out there. And because we were part of Gunfest, we had VIP tickets. And Skinner was playing at the chip, that 
the famous, the iconic Buffalo chip, right? Mm-hmm. So we go there, bunch of us. I think we just lost them. That's the best part. There we go. You're back. Hey, our phone, the phone overheated on us. <laughs> oh, no shit. Oh, <laughs> I did not expect that We're up north. fucking hot, dude. <laughs> you know, our high tomorrow here is only going to be 80 degrees. We may be in the 70s all day here tomorrow. Oh, that sounds spectacular. Well, man, that's an awesome place you got there, Lee. Thank you. Okay, so you were saying uh, you went to Skinnerd or a cover band, yep. and you you went in Buffalo Chip, and that was the last thing we heard. Okay, so I I don't know if you guys know stories how like how iconic the Buffalo Chip is, but you know all the big ones played there. You know, like back in the day, the brothers played there, and Allman Brothers, and lots of people. Well, anyway, they they roll in on their bikes, right? The bikers do. So there was probably like. I don't know. There must have been like 10,000 bikes in there or something. It was just wild. And But I hadn't seen Skinner forever, like pre-crash. And I I did. I thought they were like just this, you know, like this cheap cover band, no big deal. And, but anyway, we all decided to go and we went there and they, I was, um, I don't know if you guys remember the album, One More From The Road, their first, their first live album. And they start out with working for MCA, the record company, and that's how they started this. Out. Did I lose you guys again? No, 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 no. Andy went to oh. do something real quick. I'm listening to you. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, it was just like they came out with their first few notes, and I mean, it sounded just like Skinner back in the day, and the whole show was like that. It was absolutely, it was just spectacular fun. It's a blast. They are an awesome. Oh. They are an awesome band. You you know all you ever hear about is oh if if Kurt Cobain would have been around longer what he would have done and what about this if Ronnie Van Zant would have lasted forever, oof right there wouldn't there, it wouldn't be who's the greatest band of all time it would be who's second. <laughs> right, <laughs> they're they're awesome live man and they and they are I mean Johnny his brother is doing a pretty good job but the rest of them are no slouch I mean they sound. They're like Skinner. It's it was really good. Did you watch the documentary on them on Netflix? Oh yeah, That's... there's been a couple, two, two, three of them. Yep. Are you um, referring to if I leave here tomorrow? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's great. It's a good yep. documentary, and I watched one that didn't get as much fanfare. They had one on ZZ Top last summer. Did you see it? Yes, they did. And it's very, very good. Which I'm a big ZZ Top guy, anyways. Yep. I had two football yeah, I, coaches used to I, talk all the when, when I was in high school, two of our football coaches grew up in the early 70s in Wichita, and they used to talk about there's a little bar called the Kickapoo Cantina, which was outside of Wichita Falls, and ZZ Top used to play there some right before they got really going big and seeing mm-hmm. them as a kid. Right before Tres Hombres? Yep. Yeah. And Yeah, that was a great one, too, back in the day when I was listening to Skinner. That album was always... That album was always part of the part of the mix at parties. You know, everybody liked beer drinkers and Hellraisers, and that actually was a tour. I think back in seventy, the summer summer seventy six. Uh, that might have been Fandango. I can't remember. It was good though, really good. Dirk, what are your influences in music? Oh, it's pretty wide. I was probably a I was a punk rock kid when I was young. I can see that. So. 
um, alternative music through my younger years. I went through a long phase of um, the classics. I like my funk music. Um, my wife's a musician that travels a lot, so she does the old stuff from Etta James to the old big blues girls and she's she's a pretty big powerhouse she was out there on the dock with us this morning with a guitar now you said you, you grew up with punk music are we talking like the dead kennedys or the butthole surfers yep. and them kind of groups yep dead kennedys butthole surfers sex pistols um the ramones the ramones the cure even all that stuff cure was a little bit more mainstream weren't they it was, but they wrote some really killer songs that I still really love. It's a little emo, I guess, but uh, that was my youth. The butt surfers? Yeah, Andy looked at me when butthole. I said that. A butthole. The butthole Not surfers. Just butt surfers. That's butthole, butthole surfers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A Andy looked at me like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Are you surprised I knew all this, oh, Andy? No. hit all the nails on the head. He didn't miss one of them. That's right. The butthole surfers. Yeah. I have never heard a single song from the butthole surfers. You probably never will. The second right of course, and you really ain't probably missing much to me. I was never what, a big punk about, rock guy. What about like Nirvana? I know Nirvana's not punk rock, but did you like Nirvana? Did you like that scene yeah. in the nineties? Everybody liked Nirvana. Well, Jam Nirvana, uh, Alice in Chains, and Nirvana. Chris Cornell, all those guys. Yeah. Nirvana probably had as much to do with changing the hair bands and the glam band stuff as anybody did. You know, when we were in Washington, we went to the bridge. It's just a bridge, but we went to the bridge that he lived under for a while. And it's it's like a shrine. It's like a the people next door are shrine. not appreciative. Yeah, of it. the people that live next door to that bridge, they don't like that bridge because I guess people come to their door like, hey, did you know Kurt Cobain? Did you know he was going to commit suicide? Did you know? And like they blame yeah. they blame them like he was here when he was a fucking teenager. And then he went off to Seattle to, to start Nirvana. He was just a guy living under a bridge. You know what's interesting is that his influence, I just realized it, it traveled really deeply outside of his genre. So there's a new uh, country country Appalachian musician. His name's Tyler Childers. Yes, Tyler yeah, Childers. yeah, Tyler Childers. He's he awesome, man. And there's a couple songs by him, um, uh, Feathered Indians, and there's another one. And if you listen to that song, close your eyes, you'd swear you were listening to Nirvana. Uh, Nose to the Grindstone. Have you heard that one? I've heard that one. I mean, I love the guy. I think he's killer. Somebody, he, I'm somebody we're friends with knows Charleston him. Girl, he does. Charleston Girl is exactly a Nirvana jam. I don't know. Without a doubt. Wife even picked it up and she's a musician. She goes, sounds like Nirvana. I don't know if I've heard so, Charleston. Like that, that style that Kurt Cobain brought through in that Portland, Oregon thing or Seattle made its way into you know, country music that vibes made it all the way through. He carried on for a long time and influenced a lot of musicians. You need to listen to uh, Nose to the Grindstone. So he does it acoustically, and it's yep. phenomenal. It's just him, uh, and the 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 voice on him is something else. He's actually, I just saw, so mainstream won't pick him up for whatever reason, and I just saw that his album went gold or platinum or something, and like he doesn't ever get any play on mainstream uh, He. Nope. No country music picks him up. No uh, rock and roll picks why. him up. No, but I mean it's just his fans are the only thing that has he's touched a fan base, and he's not relied on radio plays because they don't play his music. I think one of the best country in the game. 
One of the best right. country songs ever, I think, is Jamie Johnson's "In Color." Have you you've heard that song? I'm sure it's a great song. But anyways, he I, I, a couple times crazy good. He kicked off some uh, DJs in Omaha. Was doing a concert this weekend, and some DJs went on there. And he said, "You don't even play my fucking music. Get off my stage!" Oh wow! And kicked them off the stage. He said, "You don't play my music, so don't come up here." And yeah, I think that was Luke Bryan type music, guys. Ah. A lot of those guys we're talking about right now were influenced by Neil Young. Oh, yeah. Really? Well, grunge for sure. Yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, Neil Young's the godfather of grunge for sure. Really? Oh, yeah. Now, Lee, you're a big Bob Dylan fan, I'm assuming? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Songwriter, him and John Prine. Yep. John Prine. Boy, I haven't heard that name in a long time at all. For those, I consider those two the best songwriters of all time. Yeah. What all did John Prine? John Prine. Right? Now I got to look up what John Prine wrote. You know, um, even Dylan, even Dylan thinks John Prine's the best songwriter. He even said it. John Prine. I listened I to a song on my playlist. I, I I found a song I hadn't listened to in years, and I don't even know if you've ever heard this song, Gary P. Nunn. I'm gonna go back to the uh, Armadillas. Talks about going over to London. It's a it's a Texas song. There's mu- the, It's every area has certain music that they do. Texas, we had a lot of country music. David Allen Coe, when I was in high school and college, was a huge person we listened to all the time. You mm-hmm. know, mainstream didn't cover him much, but we all loved him. Well, you know why mainstream did? You've heard some of those songs. <laughs> yeah, he's a racist fucker, but <laughs> oh my word! <laughs> but boy, he's talented as hell. Oh yeah, dude, he was. He was hell when he, for sure. His song "Come Back to or Come to Boston." I love that song. Very, Ooh. very talented. But yeah, he is a he was an outlaw biker. There was a he motor sure. there was a motorcycle gang outside of Wichita Falls called the Scorpions, and they had a rendezvous one time, and he played there. And he was big. He had three tour buses, and he played in front of a, at a big motorcycle rally. And I'm talking outlaw motorcycle gangs, not the not guys just putting leathers on the real deal guys. And he was right there playing music with them. But that was his crowd. Right. But Killer. He was, but he was like that. very, very talented. Angel from mm-hmm. Montgomery, John Prine wrote. Yep, there you go. I Just Want to Dance yep. With You. Uh, George Strait sung that. Yep. Uh, that's the Way the World Go Around. You Never Even Call Me By My Name. David Allen Coe, John Prine wrote that one. Love is on a Roll by Don Williams. I don't know that one. Don Williams was another great artist that nobody knows about that's young anymore. <laughs> listen to john prine listen to his first album it's that's that's prine i'll have to do that because i grew up listening to him with my grandfather because it was uh john prine and who's the black guy charlie, charlie pride. pride charlie pride is my grandfather those are my my grandfather's two favorite uh artists artists of all time so how was or how is sales are y'all just blowing it through the roof right now yes i bet the people in the shop are just like must fucking pump the brakes a little bit you know what they're not they're, really? they they love it we started to bring people from the shop out on the road with us so they could see what it was like and we had lisa and Brittany with us this weekend this past weekend at game fair they've never been out of the shop they've just been nose to the grindstone all the time and now they see it and it's like it energizes them and they know what we're doing they get the mis- message they they hear people come up to the booth and they're talking boss narratives and it's pretty funded we plan on bringing everybody on the road with us we want everybody to see people in person 
Well, they get to, like you said, they, they form a relationship with the customers and then they don't just become John Smith from Arizona. Like John Smith has a face and a name and I know a little bit about them and let's, let's give them a good product. Let's give them our best. A lot of them might not, some of them aren't hunters and some of them have just been in four walls inside a boss and they hear our narrative and what to re, you know, how to, how to handle a customer and what we do and how to pack a box, but to take them outside and see what a presence we make in a show and how many people come up and share stories um, of how boss changed their game and how, how it brought them back to the old times or how they bought this old gun out or just it really, they go back with a new fire in their belly and that's, that's contagious and it spreads around the shop and it really is great for everybody. Yeah. Are you going to bring out the guy that's been to all the, the dead concerts? Is he going to, is he going to be a show? We'll get Mikey out someday. Yeah, for sure. We got to get him when he's not playing music on the weekend. He actually plays music with my wife. Uh, and they play two or three shows a week. So, how many dead Hopefully shows have you we... been to? What's the count? What's his count on how many dead shows he's been to? Three, just about eight, four. Three eighty-five or something like that. Jeez, <laughs> that's just Grateful Dead and Dead and Company. So then I asked him one day. I was in the shop, and I'm like, "Dude, I, you know," and he goes, "Well, would you like to see the ticket stubs and stuff like that?" And I'm like, "Man, I'd love to because I love the art, right?" Well, he brings in a plastic tub and it's full of dead, full dead tickets. Dead, oh, dead ticket. It is. It's unbelievable. It, and then the art is killer. Yeah. Right? You can watch that generationally, too. Like the first companies and it went to Ticketmaster and Ticketmaster sold it to somebody. So you've got this like 80s vibe on some of the ticket stubs, the 70s vibe. So you could watch like history progressed through ticket stubs. It's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Have you had Mikey on yet? No, no. not yet. Oh, dude. If you ever get, well, you will just get him on. He's good, but ask him concert stories, and he'll tell you about how pissed off. You remember the you remember the group Cream, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, that so was Clapton's first band, wasn't Clapton, it? Yeah, Clapton and Bruce and um, Ginger Baker, and they reu- reunited to do a Cream tour, and he it was when Ticketmaster. It just started that nonsense where they gobbled up all the tickets and then we had to buy them on the secondary market. Well, ask Mikey how he got screwed out of that concert if you want to see somebody get pissed off. I mean, it's, it's fun. Oh, God, way good. But, yeah, he's he's fantastic, too. So, I mean, at Boss, we have a lot of characters there at Boss, for sure. You do. I mean, from the Tiger King's tattoo artist, uh, the Deadheads, so in your in, <laughs> the in, Tiger King guy, my man Dirk. In your in in, in he sure can. So we, we got, got some, some news, buddy. We got some cool news for you too. What? Meg's back at the. Sh- Meg's back. Oh, Meg's back. Meg's back. We lost you again. Lost I guess the phone you, got we lost hot. You again. I hope the phone didn't get hot. Son of a bitch. Hold on, we lost you. I don't know what's going on here. There you are. Are you there okay. now? We lost okay. you for a little bit. So okay. Meg is back. You Meg got- is back. Meg Meg's back. back with us. Well, that's, she will be soon. That's killer. That's awesome. Does her old job know that she's coming over yet, or are they <laughs> learning this tonight also? I'm not I'm not <laughs> sure. Or whatever, but, man, are we stoked to have her back, too. So, 
<laughs> Good for everybody. I can cut that part out if I if it, or maybe 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 we just let it ride and that'll be the way that they find out. <laughs> <laughs> They're not watching. No, right, for, no, nobody watches this. But I want to know, Lee, from your from your professional opinion, where was Art the greatest on like these dead tickets? Was it was it in the seventies? Yeah, the early stuff. Yeah. yeah. The early stuff. What yeah. was it? What was I, it? Here's what I think like when you're looking at any any kind of art, whether it's who's performing or the artist doing or whatever, when you look at their early work, that's who they really are. Then mm-hmm. you some of them can maintain that for decades and some can't. But if you want to know what they're like, you just look at their early work. Look at the early stuff. Cause mm-hmm. I, cause I see all these, uh, you know, the paintings and stuff like that from the seventies. And there was, you get this, you get this vibe that I don't think that you get with any other generation. Right. Well, they had a message back then, right? And they had some good influences, right? Yeah. All the songwriters came from that era. You had Vietnam. They were fighting that there was social injustice. I mean, it's, they all had a story back then. I think that's the difference. Yeah, music in the seventies and the late sixties. Well, even a, just art in general was a story. What What's the song about the dude jumping off the Tallahatchie Bridge? Uh, well, was it Jeannie C. Riley that did that? Yeah, and I can't remember the name of the song. Ode to Billy Joe or some shit. I can't remember. Oh, but yeah. When I was a kid, I remember that song and I remember everything about it and seeing this guy jump off a bridge and committing suicide. Blah blah. blah. But all music had a story back then. The, the the Harper Valley BTA was kind of a cheesy song, but it was a big hit. But every song had a message. Fortunate Son, I mean, everything. Today's music, I don't know what the hell there's even any words of anything today. Right. Well, I think there's some out I mean, there. I, I think there is some out there. I certainly think the original, the original rap stuff had a major story. Mm-hmm. I mean, big time. I mean, they were trying to tell a story for sure. Rap destroyed uh, punk rock. What did? Rap. Oh, rap did? Rap took on a lot of the punk rock guys because the punk rock kind of had this FU message to the state and to the police and to the stiff people of the world. It was all kind of angst. And that was from the 70s and 80s. And then when the you know, public enemy and stuff came out with fuck the police and mm-hmm. all this kind of like aggressive against the state, um, leave us alone. We're going to do our thing. A lot of punk rock people moved over because in that same 80s time is when like Green Day and the soft punk stuff was coming out and we weren't buying it. So rap had a big influence as much as we might not see it, man. There was some some serious angst and, and messages being delivered through that earl, the early stuff, right? How old are you, Dirk? I'll be 50 in a couple days. 50 years old, buddy. So you didn't listen to Rapper's Delight then. You were too young for that. Oh, I know that song, but that was the original. <laughs> that was that was about the original as you can get. Yeah, and then and then uh what's her name? Blondie pulled off of that and did that song. But that makes a lot of sense though. Like you said, they everybody was kind of pissed off and then rap comes along and then it was just kind of this natural uh conversion. The punk rock crowd just yep. kind of naturally fell into what they were saying and sure did. The, that that that's and it became mainstream so you had like green day and all this soft shit that was being played on the radios i watched a documentary a docuseries the other night i need to i forgot all about it i watched it one night and i got busy and i haven't watched it since i need to watch the rest of it it's about a guy that was partners with jay-z and he was a dj 
in New York. Who am I talking? He's a Mexican kid or Puerto Rican kid. You know what I'm talking about? There's a new there's a new docu series out right now, and I can't remember if it's on Netflix, HBO Max, or what it is. But it's about a guy, and he started, and he was just a he would spin records, and he went yeah. to the park and would spin records. And if you didn't do it, they was gonna beat your ass if you weren't very good. And he started doing that. His name was I think was Manny maybe, but he was he's famous. But him and Jay Z were partners, and he toured Europe with Jay Z, and he was did all the music produced and stuff for Jay Z when he first started going coming out. But it was yeah. it's it a, called Made in America. Uh, what's oh, the guy's that's name? 2013. Why am I the, not the, getting? This is brand new, and I can't remember what it is. But it's a it's a very good series. Just like I like the one on uh, who, what's the big fat dude that got shot? Biggie. 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 Biggie Smalls. I like I anything. I like the NW, which I'm a big I'm a big Snoop Dogg fan, anyways. But I I like the stories of how they got around. The NWA was a really cool series story. Oh, I think it's I think it's fascinating, compelling. I do too. Not is not the music isn't my bag, but I find their story compelling. I do. Yeah. I recently I got to fact check one thing. Jeff, you were going back to Ode to Billy Joe. Uh-huh. That's Bobby Gentry and Harper Valley PTA. That's Jeannie C. Riley. Okay, okay, okay. But both of yeah. those told a story. Yes. And music today, most of it does not. It does, You just don't get it like you used to. I mean, it used to be a story on there. Every big song was a story back then, just about, it seemed like. Right. There's a there's a show that y'all need to watch on Netflix. It's uh, the 99 Woodstock. Oh, I just watched it. My wife and I watched it a few days ago. It's awesome. Three episodes. It's fantastic. I mean, what is it? It was about the 1999 Woodstock that they did. Yeah, and it was a total shit show. They ended up burning the place oh, down and what, those riots. Wasn't, wasn't there a scam? Well, they well, just did price gouging. Uh, that, yeah. Huh? They were price gouging everybody there. So like it. it oh. It, there was, there that wasn't the one that was a big scam, like the Firefly Festival or whatever. That's that what I yeah. guess. Maybe that's what No, I'm this saying. was the 1999, so what, 23, 25 years ago? It was you a know. shit show. It, I'm glad I wasn't there, man. I remember wanting to be there. I really wanted to be the one in 96, right? That was the, the reunion one. I wanted to be at that one. But then I had a son in 97, so when 99 came, that one I wasn't looking forward to going to. And I'm sure glad I didn't go because that looked like a mess. Well, it, looked, it was dangerous. I mean, it We've was, got a friend that was there. We do. Dan Reese. When Lip Biscuit took the stage on yeah. day three and everybody was all angst up and he came out and said, I know you got problems with your family. I know you got problems with your boss. And he just fired that group up until the whole damn audience exploded and tore everything down. <laughs> now, I'm not really into that Quick sort of ensuing violence, but no. you're talking about being able to move whatever, 50,000 people? Two, that dude 250,000. 250, 250, a quarter million people were there. That moment that he was on stage and he lit that crowd up was one of the best moments in rock and roll, even though it's not my style, but he moved a crowd like I've never seen a crowd get moved. He's, Holy crap, was that cool. He said he could yeah. see from the stage as the sound, as the sound, because, you know, sound travels Ooh, at a certain yeah. rate. But he said as the sound traveled across 250,000 people, it was like a wave of hands going up. And he said yeah. you could tell when his voice was hitting a certain section because they just all stand up. 
It's crazy. Incredible. It's crazy what music will make people do. I've got a guy that's going to be at the booth this weekend that's coming up there, Dan Reese. It's on, very active on our Facebook stuff. He was there. He told his parents oh. they were going to their fishing cat their cabin to go fishing, and him and his buddies went there. Went to and he was at Woodstock '99 because he messaged me. Oh. That music video show I'm talking about is Murder Inc. The story of Irv Gotti. Okay. And uh, Murder. And I haven't watched it. It's it's very good. It's on BET though. I don't know how the hell I watched it because I usually don't watch BET. But anyways, I watched part of it and I need to watch the rest of it. It's a very good series. But it's interesting to how kids go from being poor and get a break in any kind of entertainment industry, and they just become wealthiest could be real fat right off the bat. I mean, just amazing the fine line between because there's so many talented people that never get a break in their life. Yeah, right. You know, you can go to any dive bar in America, and you can find somebody somewhere, Nashville, Tennessee. You can find somebody that's as talented as as any of the stars that never ever gets a break in life. Yeah. What do yeah. you what do you think that is? You think it's just making the right connections? Like, what is it? What is it that sets people over the top? No, it's exposure and the right connections. So my wife right. played the Nashville thing and the the Austin, Texas thing, and she did all that for years. And so there was what Live Nation that sells tickets and stuff. So their game was is they bought all the fit. Well, it may not. Don't get me a hundred percent on that, but. It, I believe it was Live Nation bought all these defunct radio stations that were closing out along the country because they weren't manning them anymore and they're just recording. So now what they did, they buy all of them. So they've got thousands of record stations. And if they want their person on the top of the charts, that's by plays on radio. Like, So let's say if it plays in Chicago, you get 10 points. If it plays in like little Stevensville, Michigan, where we're at, it gets one point. So all these points add up to put you on the line. And so we learned that um, to be on the top, all they do is the record producer says play her or him in every station for three weeks, and they own the market. So it's a, it's a driven market by the record companies and the radio stations. They can put Andy Shaver on number one in two weeks without a song. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's- a decision from the top down so now what we're able to do in the past 10 years is musicians are able to promote themselves through social media and that's like your Tyler Childers and stuff those guys aren't having to go through the normal channels and they're finding large markets so when my wife was playing she was part of that kind of like live nation bring up for a minute but didn't play the game really well or want to play the game really well she was just wanting to play music but we learned that that's exactly how there, that was. And there was uh, one of these girl musicians at the time. She was, I, I can't remember the name, or I would call her out on it, one of the tops. Um, she was going to be number one a following, a following week. So she flew her family down into Nashville to celebrate a week later. And that night she went out in town in Nashville and was seen out drinking with another producer and within three days, she was out of the top ten. Oh wow! And she had family home. Just, True story. I, 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 I tried to see my wife. She would tell me who it is. It was one of the big female singers that are out there right right now. Hmm. But she was scheduled for a number one. So Live Nation and those big companies can put you at the top or take you to the ground overnight. Based off of what producer that you're out having dinner with the night before. 
Yeah, you better be with the right one and not get seen taking pictures with the wrong one. And all they do is just pump it through unmanned radio stations and get your numbers up, and then only well, takes a couple of days. Jeez, that's crazy. Play a ten day and a thousand record stations across the country, and two days later you're number one. It could take anybody. They could take me or you. The Andy Dirk song is going out, and we'll be number one <laughs> if we had the right person pulling the strings. And that's your shitty music out there. But now, like you said, with social media the way it, with as big as it is, you have a you have an opportunity to build an organic audience like Tyler Childers yeah. did, and just. Yeah. But you got to play the game right. You gotta you gotta have social media uh, savviness. All that kind of like Appalachian country out of Kentucky from Benjamin and Todd, the Tyler Childers, all those guys. They're just they're just crushing it through social media. Yeah. Just just think though, that's been going on forever because the guy that owns Sun Records, Sam uh what the hell's his name? Anyways, um, he was peddling Elvis Presley's albums out of the back of his trunk of his car to DJs to get him to get played. Yeah. And they went from My, that to two months later, Elvis is the number one pop star in America. Right. That's where we learned all that. Morgan played and recorded at Sun Studios. Her her guitar player when she played down there was Dolly Parton's uh stage guitarist. So when they when she was in Nashville, we learned all that stuff from a couple people on the inside really, really quickly. Have, have you seen the picture the picture floating around of Dolly Parton and Willie Nelson smoking weed in the golf cart? Yeah, it's about as good as it gets. <laughs> I laughed so hard when I saw that because <laughs> she come across as the pure American girl that did it wrong, and here she is in 1975 smoking weed Billy with Willie. What's wrong with that? Well, Nothing. I, not. I'm just saying, but back then it was <laughs> it was socially not acceptable like it is now. Yeah. Oh, it's not, yeah, no, that's that's hilarious. And she was this all-American girl, and she's just getting down. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah, you know, right. she got a, she's got a, she's, she just had to loosen want. up a little bit. So, or Dolly, for that matter. Or Shit. Dolly, yeah, who wouldn't want to do that? To smoke weed with Willie or Dolly? Oh, I'd do it. Yeah, hundred percent. Just have him come in here. I, I don't know. Willie might scare me. He might. He might take me. He might take me into another dimension. That I'm afraid to go to. I think he'd be a blast to talk to. Uh, who wouldn't? The stories he has, the people that he touched oh. lives with, and just, I mean, one of my favorite musicians well, that, ever was Waylon Jennings, and I would love to ask about him and Waylon. Well, you know that Outlaw album. That's him and Waylon and Jesse Coulter and Tom Paul. That That's the first album, country album, that ever went million, a million, sold a million copies. They, they were. Didn't he morning at Sturgis? He did church at Sturgis Sunday morning this year. I think I heard that, yeah. He played Sturgis this this year, Sunday morning. They called it Church with Willie. That's what he did at Woodstock also at 99. He did that too. My wife said, oh, he was old in 99. Willie Nelson's been old since 1973. I wonder how old is he? Is he 90? Oh, man. Let me check here right now. I'll look it up for you. He is an old. He, he's, he's been around a long, long, long time. It's got to be the look, look at the people he spanned with from back when he first started to the people he's co- collaborated with lately. Because didn't he's he do? Did, how old is he? 89. 89. Oh, my God. Because he collaborated with, uh, he's done, hell, all the new music guys, I think Kenny Chesney and him sung something together, and him and uh, Snoop Dogg. I mean, he's, and then you go all the way back in the day, and he was playing with Porter Wagner and Buddy Holly and all them guys. Right. It's, it's awesome. And he's a great songwriter, too. He's a better songwriter than he is singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I don't, Probably. I mean, he doesn't really have 
a voice that'll blow you away. He just plays very, very well. His He's got a unique oh, voice. Think about how many great musicians there are out there that have a shitty voice. Lots of them. Yeah. He's one of them. I mean, really, like even Tyler Childers probably could be classified as that. Now, I think he's got a unique voice, but is it the he's, best? He does. He does. But, I mean, guys like, you know, that we were talking about, like Neil Young, his was horrible. Bob Dylan's is absolutely horrible. Dylan was an awful, um, awful singer. Um, let's see. John Prine didn't have a good voice. Um, you, you can go back in the day, like Louis Armstrong, when he was playing. Right? Louis Armstrong couldn't. He terrible boy. It doesn't matter. That's really not what it's about. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the experience. It what it's, yeah. You know? It's yeah. all the experience. So let's switch gears here. Talk a little bit of hunting. Do, have y'all seen any reports out of the North Dakota season? Do you know anybody that was out there and uh, sweated their nuts yes. off? And, yeah. Huh? You mean duck numbers in North Dakota? No, hunters. This last, they had this early August season in North Dakota. Oh. Oh, you'll hear about, I haven't, but I've been up here quite honestly on the island since in between weekends here, but we'll hear when we get back because, you know, like a bunch of our guys have been, have been out there and, but I'm sure it's always good. I mean, what is that limit out there in North Dakota? Is it like 15 or something? Yes. yes. I don't know. It's something crazy. I don't know that I could get excited about that. It's too hot. Trevor Austin just posted a picture on Instagram of them shooting a bunch of geese this morning. The guys at Pacific, yeah. I don't know where they're at or something. It may be on his Facebook, but anyways, it had them slamming some birds. Yeah. I, what I, what I've, we have teal in Texas now. I told Andy we were going to, and I've had three or four people send me pictures of teal in North Texas right now. I'm awesome. assuming with this front we're having, we're going to be 81 degrees. It's supposed to be our high tomorrow, and we're going to be in the 70s Monday and Tuesday. We're going to see a, 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 a an early migration. It's looking like of some birds. So I'm assuming if it's that way, y'all are going to get a push up there from Canada, probably. Should I mean usually in the you know middle to end of August, I start seeing blue wings show up on the farm and me in Minnesota, and they hang around for oh 10 days or so, and they're they pull out and they're gone, but yeah, that, I mean, I don't know though that, you know, I, I think you get a little cool stretch and pe- I think we just normally, we just get all jacked up and hope we start seeing birds, but I kind of think everything pretty much evens itself out. The calendar is the you calendar. Huh? The calendar is the calendar and it's going to be the same yeah. every year, pretty close to it. Or Yeah, I think so. You know, unless you, unless you factor in, three or four decades and then if you ask me that no it's way different than it was three or four decades ago but very true um i think i think the early teal season they could make the limit 10 to 15 birds per man per day and it wouldn't make any difference on the birds because 90 percent of those blue wing teal are going to end up in mexico or south america by middle of september anyways october and they don't even get hunted right what what's the situation at headquarters do we got a lot of shells right now how's the supply looking we're great right now. I mean, we're good right now, but if your guys are listening, I mean, no guarantees. You know, in 30 days, it might start getting weird again. But the forecast I mean, looks better than the last two years then. I'd say yes, for sure. It's, I could get in trouble saying that, but I'd say yes. Well, if you run out, that's great. That means you sold good, out. Good problem good, to good have. season to have. Oh, dude, and I follow analytics daily. And it's 
I mean, it really is. It's on fire. It's so fun at game fair to see customers come up that are happy that say, your shells literally changed, changed the game for us, changed the way we hunt. You know, keep doing what you're doing. And they love the narrative and they love the less cripples and or less lost birds due to crippling. And they love smaller shot sizes. And um, yeah, just really, really fun. Every old person that hunts with me now, when I say old, I'm going to say 65 and older. And because that's that's an yep. old person, I'm 55 or fixing to be, so I'm going to be that way before long too. So anybody that's old that gets offended by this, I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just being honest. Those men no, like we, to shoot 20 gauges now again, or 28 gauge, or a 410. Right. They can start shooting the smaller gauges. It's not as hard on them, and it only takes one shell to kill something. That's what I tell guys yeah. all the time. It just takes one because they'll be like, "Well, those are more expensive." Well, if you counter. If you buy something else and you have to shoot three times to kill one bird other than one, it's it's a cheaper to shoot it is what it is. Right, right. You, you, you'll be with us this weekend, right? Yep. Yes. We'll be up there Friday. Many times you hear that one thing come up where, like, let's say it's a cost thing, right? And how easy it is to talk to them when I say, well, what are you normally shooting right now? And I said, my guess is it's probably a three-inch BD or a three-inch two. And they're like, yep, exactly. And I said, you ever cripple one on the water? And they go, oh, yeah, of course. I said, well, what happens next? And they'll actually tell it to you. And I said, how many times have you shot? Boom, 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 one, two, three. And they're like, oh, yeah, at least or more. And I'm like, okay, well, start adding that up. That's right. I'm like, like, I'll bet if you kept a record at the end of the year, you'll, first of all, the number one benefit clearly that you're going to see right off the bat is less lost birds due to crippling, right? Then you're, you know, along with that is far, far fewer follow-up shots. Okay. So in the long run, it becomes less expensive to shoot boss. That's right. Right. Yeah. And the consumer experience is far better. So it's a win, uh, you know, all the way around. The shell's just the cheapest part of your hunt. That's exactly right. right. Yeah. The dog, the boat, the truck, the travel, the blinds, the decoys, the gun. Shit, shells cost as much as breakfast. <laughs> yeah. That's no For shit, that. especially yeah. today. <laughs> gas is up there. Gas is like number one now. Two years ago, you yeah. know, shit, you didn't, you didn't feel it at the pump. Now it's like, ooh, fuck, do I need groceries or do I need to go fill up my gas tank? Uh, right. well, it's hard. It's hard to believe that someone would would balk on something as important as the actual shells because that's the most important thing. Because if you ha if you're not shoot if you're shooting shit at them, that's what you're going to have is nothing. So you might as well be using yeah. a good you're using a good ammunition, and it just it just does not make sense to shoot something inferior right. when you don't have to. Especially when you talk right. about most duck limits are going to be is a six bird limit. I think everywhere five or six birds. If you if you shoot boss and you're a good shot, you don't need but 15 shells anyways. Correct. You know? That's right. And mm -hmm. So it's not that expensive. Mm -mm. No. Do the math. It's almost it's almost crazy to argue it. You know, but you also got to keep in mind that we've been dealing with a false narrative for a little over 3 decades, right? Yeah. So it takes a while to reverse that, but it's it's happening. It's happening. Well, look at even all the all the bosses' competition now in in the bismuth game. I mean, theirs isn't plated and it's not made like ours is, but 
they have one and they have one because of because of boss and they the narratives that we talk about and they can see it changing right i mean even some of them are using even our language a little bit you know and your money and so it's changing it, it it it's doing it we're 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 changing it it's fun to see yeah so are you, when do you head up to canada when's that when's that going to take place late october oh I'll, I'll go the first time in like mid to third week of september and hang out there for a while bring the dogs up there i'll go alone there and then meet some dudes up there zach will be up there from boss and a few other people and then i'll go back in mid-october or maybe to late october and then hopefully a little bit in early november and rip around there alone dirk are you staying south of the border this year I think I might go up there with Zach this year. Oh, that'll be so it's my first uh, Canada trip. But I think Zach and I are going to live up the, there together if all works out. Oh, killer! Mm-hmm. We've been talking about it. Oh, very y'all, cool. y'all are coming to Texas to see us sometime this winter, aren't you? That's yes. what Brandon says. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. Good deal. We'll get to do it. Yeah. We'll get. We'll get to do it in person then. Um, Lee, Lee, you littles, littles or cranes? Probably uh, cranes and some specs and maybe some littles. We'll see what's here. When, Love them. You, you ruined me on tomato sandwiches. You know I've been eating tomato sandwiches since we left St. <laughs> Louis, and it's hard to hell. It's been hard as hell this year. Nobody's making tomatoes hardly this year here in their gardens because it was so hot, and it's God. just not the same without garden tomatoes. No, 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 no. Don't even attempt it without a fresh, big, fat garden tomato. Don't even attempt it. Yeah. <laughs> But we have, when I come back from them, we have tomato sandwiches here every day almost. And every, day, every once in a while, I'll get a good one. We'll do it. We'll do it at Game Fair this weekend. I'll bring the, bring some big tomatoes and mayo and salt and pepper and some shitty white bread. Oh, that's yeah. good stuff. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's what I asked for. I told Michelle, I said, try to get some shitty white bread. She goes, what is <laughs> shitty white bread? She goes, I buy one dress. Well, that's good white bread. White. That'll work. That's shitty white bread. That's, that's the one. That's the yeah. one. <laughs> that's that's the one. So what do y'all? When do y'all head back to? When do y'all head back to Game Fair? Are y'all leaving tomorrow or Friday? I'm Dirk, heading down there tonight. Dirk's, Dirk's, Dirk's going down later today. We're gonna make some ceviche up here with some fresh walleye, and then do a fish fry, and then get Dirk and Mo on the road, and then I'll drive down tomorrow and start getting things together. We've got a couple pallets of shells showing up. We have shells at Game Fair this year, and that's really fun having shells. So now and we sold out. We sold out of them last weekend, so we ordered a couple more pallets that are going to get shipped up, and Luke's going to bring them over there. I think Thursday, and then we'll get that stuff set up and ready to go at eight o'clock or nine o'clock on Friday. We're going to be there. We land at ten thirty, I think. Friday is what time we land, oh. uh, and we're leaving. Do, you have, a ride over? Do, Do what? you have a ride over? Brandon said y'all would come pick us up. If not, I can Uber. I'll come, yeah, I'll, get you. I'll come and get you. Okay. I'll let you. I'll give you my flight and our flight and everything. We're on the early yeah, flight. We'd love to come pick you up. Are you guys well, renting a house? Where are you staying? We're staying with y'all at Rogers. Ramsey. Oh, and Ro- Ramsey. 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 Rogers. 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 Yep. That's where we'll be. Yep. A lot of industry people will be there. They'll love to see you there. They'd love that. It's well, going to be great. We, this this will be my first game fair experience, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah, 
First family of waterfowling. That's right. I just happened to have my shirt on this morning when Lee said, come on, we're going on the podcast. <laughs> it looks good on you, too. <laughs> I was cooking pancakes. You were. You were. I, I saw you. You're just throwing down in the kitchen. Amber Crombie and Fitch, they got washboard abs. We got Dirk. We got Dirk. I'll take Dirk. <laughs> That's true. I'll take, I'll That's... take Dirk every, every day of the week. Um, Me, too. You got anything else for them, Jeff? We're gonna let them go. They got they got ceviche to make and oh, yeah. I want to ask you about Minnesota ceviche. I'm a ceviche uh, guy. It's my favorite meal. Yep. How, how how do you make it up there? Because some places the East Coast do not eat ceviche. That that shit they have is not ceviche. How do you make it in Minnesota? Okay, so I take a walleye, right? Mm-hmm. Clean it up good, and then let it sit in cold cold water for a while in the fridge, and then cube it up, put it in a bowl, add add fresh lime, fresh lemon to it, let it sit in there covered, cook it. That The citrus cooks it, right? Right. Get ready, then get cilantro and jalapeno and red oh. onion and little cucumber, salt, pepper. Put all that together, then cut up avocado and then add that avocado at the very end. Then mix it up and you're good to go. Bye, guys. That sounds like ceviche I'm, to I'm me. coming to the Chos Island one day to eat that because that is real ceviche. I had a guy make it for us from California last year, Devin, and it was damn, damn good. He used uh, bluefin and made it. Yep. But that's about yep. the same recipe. They had fucking squash and shit in the stuff on the East Coast. I was so disappointed. Nope. nope. No. <laughs> I was so disappointed. But that's that's good ceviche right there. You eating it with chips or with crackers? Chips. Donkey chips. Donkey chips, if you have them. I don't know what the hell a what donkey, donkey chip donkey is. Donkey chips. They're the best. The big, thick tortilla chips. They're the best. Oh. Donkey oh. chips are best. I like it with saltine crackers, but boy, that shit's good. Chips or crackers. But crackers are my favorite. Well, that's some yep. good stuff. A little hot sauce on it. Woo! There you go. Jeff's, Jeff's ready for some ceviche. Hell now. yeah. I'm like, damn, that's going to be good. Tomato sandwiches and ceviche. <laughs> I, I move in with Lee. Steak. Steve's hot sauce that's made up here. I should bring to the show for you. Steve's hot sauce. I've never heard of that. I'll I'll see if I have some unopened bottles here. Have you had Louisiana hot sauce? I don't think so. So if you have something that you need to turn me on, bring it to game. I'm gonna gonna, bring you some. I'm gonna try to find a bottle of uh, Cajun Chef Louisiana hot sauce, which is my favorite. It's a vinegar hot sauce. It's really good. Yeah. It's, yeah, I'd love it. It's Kunas special, man. They put it on everything down there. They even fry their fit. When they take their fish, they'll dredge it in that before they'll put the dry stuff on it, and they put it on it, and it, your fish come out red, and then they'll fry it. Turkeys up north, we did it this year. I did the same thing. Hey, hmm. you talked about turkey. You brought it up. Um, I saw the turkey, num- the turkey hatch this year was dog shit. Dog shit. Right. On top of an already can, bad year from last year, I don't know what I, the hell we're going to have. Tell you, my farm in Minnesota that years ago, I mean, I would consider the turkey hunting that I had there just about as good as you could get anywhere. And now there's none. That's I crazy. Mean, maybe this whole spring, I might may have seen two times the whole spring and that was around mid may when i saw my first birds there and then you know i started asking people i'm like what what the hell is going on because we on our farm we'd usually winter around 150 right around that area and now there was like this year i didn't see any and then i started at poking my 
nose around asking people questions. And they thought that maybe the, well, I heard that maybe one of the farmers poisoned them right. or something. Cause it got to be a, maybe a nuisance or something like that. But I don't know, dude, I hear it from everybody. Everybody's worried about them. Yeah, it's terrible. So I'm looking, this was an article and it's on Facebook. So who knows what it is. 2021 in Missouri, about 75% of nests failed due to predation uh, of the nest. And then 8% failed due to uh, predators on the, on the incubating clutch. Uh, 2022, it said they, I guess they, they fitted 28 hens with GPS trackers and it says predators took one nest, two nests failed due to predators. Uh, but anyway, out of the 28, none of them, none of them raised any young. I saw Oklahoma had said a... only nine even attempted to have a first nest and all those were lost. Oklahoma, that none of the first nests made it. The second nest, one of the study I saw, they had nine hens tried to have them. Only three were successful with any pulse. And then out of the three that had pulse, one of them, all the pulse died, and the other one had three and one had two or something. So, and I mean, it's just that's, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking, if this continues, we're talking getting to endangered species before long in some places. And then you talk to somebody that's in northern Michigan and they said there's tons of. Turkeys. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, oh, yeah, I've got yeah. tons of them at home. Yeah, I don't think. You think? Do you think it's possible? It's pesticide, herbicide related. Yes, I think it is. I think it's something that that nobody saw coming because it is it has fallen off a cliff everywhere, right. and I right. think it's something that farmers were spraying. That's right. the only that's the only logical explanation that I can think of. Because just, uh, in one of our papers here a couple of days ago, Rush Creek. In southern Minnesota is like a, a really, really good brown trout stream. Yeah. They just had a 2,500 fish die off from, from one of those, pesticide or herbicide, I don't know, but egg runoff, right? Yeah. So now they're trying to go back and they're trying to figure out, they're talking to the landowners and like just what's, ooh, what are you putting on here? What's going on? And that's also our best turkey country down there. And I think that if you asked me, and it's just a guess, and I'm not trying to be a shit stirrer here or anything, but I think that's where you got to look right there. I, I think so too, because the deal with the the, the predators. Well, and, and we're talking about before trapping, before the end, back in the Indian days. You know, they didn't trap that much fur. There wasn't nowhere to sell it when they were just using it for their own goods and stuff. So there was turkeys then. The turkey would have been wiped out and extinct years and years and years ago if it would have just been because of predators. Right. And we had turkeys then. So it has to be something, you know, because right now they're blaming it on, well, it's because nobody's trapping fur right now. Well, the turkey survived a, before man was here yeah. when nobody was trapping. No, so it's got to be something. Is something man-made has caused this? I also wonder if there's like an like an alpha toxin in the bags of corn or something that people are putting out on their deer feeders and stuff like that. I wonder if some turkeys have gotten a hold of some corn that was tainted. I think it's something like that because the drop I can say in my area has been rapid. Yes, here also. Me and Tony went and looked right. at a new ranch uh, last week on a place that we had leased twenty years ago. That we we had turkeys all over it. I mean, all kinds of turkeys. I didn't see a turkey on the place. 2,000 acres. And used to see turkeys. We used to have three or four flocks there. And the guy told me, he said, oh, I got turkeys everywhere. We didn't see any. Well, he did have turkeys 
18 months ago all over the place. Yeah. And he, mm. you know, if, if you don't hunt turkeys and you don't think about it, you don't notice you're not seeing them no more because you're just like, oh, they're probably somewhere else. Well, they're, them turkeys right. ain't there like they used to be. Yeah. They're and gone. In my- I'll yep. tell you that. It's, it's going to be a crazy day. Well, Lee, Dirk, I look forward to hanging out with you guys again. We will see you on Friday morning sometime. Everybody that's going yep. to Game Fair, come by and see us, boys, at the Boss. Boss uh, booth. Yep, at the Jeff Stanfield Express the bus. bus. The new bus. We're looking forward to seeing you guys up there. And uh, if you need anything from Texas, Jeff will keister it and bring it up there for you guys. All right. Awesome. Shoot me a text message on when you get picked up. I'll see you at the airport. All right. See you, bud. Thank you. That'll work. Take care. Bye, God guys. bless y'all. Bye. Great guys. The best. I've got to figure out how I'm going to take this Cajun chef up there because they won't let you get on the plane with liquid. Keister it, Jeff. That's they won't what, let you get liquid on there. When you started talking about that, I was like, well, I maybe, just now thought about that. Maybe gonna, he knows something that I don't. I'm going to get him to give me his address. I'm going to ship some up there. I'm going to buy some here in a minute. There you go. But yeah, you started spouting off, and I was like, well, I don't mind taking some up there. He's I just gonna ride, I, He's going to take that plane ride with a bottle of hot sauce up his ass. I'm, che- I'm checking it in. Hmm. I can't check it in because we're not take we're not we're checking, not checking bags on. That's right. Right. So. Right. You open a whole can of worms, and we can't bring any of that Stevens hot sauce back with us. We got to eat it all while we're there. Oh, that's right. So, first world problems. I'm excited though. This will be my first game fair, so it's a good time. Well, it was 28 years. Me and mom were there. Page 23, 24, 25 years ago was the last time that me and mom went. Right. Somebody was at my front door. That's why I had to leave. I didn't know who it was. Evidently, it's a tree trimmer. You getting your trees trimmed? Apparently so. I just had mine done the other day. Apparently so. How much did you pay? Did you have it professionally done? Yes. I'll, we'll talk off air about the quote that I just got. All right. I, mean, I don't want to pay it. I mean, I don't want to do it myself, so. I've got a guy for you. leans me to paying it. But. All right, thank you. Y'all come by and see us at Game Fair. All of our most all of our sponsors will be there. We will be bouncing back and forth between booths. We look forward to seeing you. It's going to be nice and cool up there. It'll be a good time to get out. So if you're around the Twin Cities area, come see us. Dane Romeheld, if you listen to this, come see us. We'd like to see you, bud. We ain't seen you in a long time. Take care, of y'all. God bless y'all. Goodbye. Goodbye. Check out all of our great sponsors. Go check out Boss Shot Shells. Get those shotgun shells headed to you. Check out Dive Bomb Industries, Pacific Calls, Gundog Outdoors, Shin Gear Waiters, Lucky Duck, Looking Glass Duck Club Podcast, Alpha Outdoor Specialties, Bangtail Whiskey, Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, Dirty Duck Coffee, Ducks Unlimited, and Double T British Kennels.